0: it's another Manly Monday and this Manly Monday, I've not had enough coffee, but we're going to get through it. Right. We're going to do it. Okay. Cause this is a topic that every so often I say something to enough people that I write it down on a post-it note and it's like, okay, got to talk about it sometime. Um, and this is one of them, um, having conversations with people in one-on-one sessions, um, currently called the Anna cares. Uh, Don't forget to sign up if you'd like a session. Uh, I think some people are hesitant for some reason right now because they think I'm too busy. That's what a schedule is for. Um, But this idea of being called a downer in the past and the ongoing sting of it is something I'm finding in men with treatment resistant depression. Women it's it's different i don't hear the downer thing the same way i hear you're selfish or you know you're a bad friend or something like that but the idea of being a downer and i could speculate on why that happens less but what's the point uh i don't know i can't prove it stick to observation not speculation so what does it really mean when someone says that if you like this content help support this channel become a monthly patron patreon.com slash k or buy a one-time liana care session for someone who can use it but can't afford it we have six people uh who need supports and you know we go as frequently as the money comes in we made our goal last week so thank you for that let's keep it up coffee.com slash k and fund the men's network at gofundme.com every little bit go go link in the description box below Uh, too many, but any little bit helps with the men's group, even a dollar, $2, $5. It helps um, because this is the kind of thing that I think is really important that other people are able to see. They're not alone and me saying, I hear this again and again and again and hearing it for other guys, I think is, is different because, For me, what I interpret when someone defines your whole character, I've done this with annoying in the past. Now I'm doing it with downer. When someone defines your whole character, instead of just saying how something made them feel, that is not about you. That is about them. General rule of thumb, you know, prop like ideal communication strategies focus on behaviors and feelings not an overall summary of the person now there are behaviors that people do that bring down even the most emotionally healthy people but they're not the ones that a lot of people identify that way they're The people who are always complaining and criticizing and judging, that's not necessarily because they're going through a bad time. They're just deflecting and projecting all over the place. Now, ironically, the people who describe people as downers are themselves downers because they're judging, they're criticizing. They're not saying you know, you've been in a bad place for a while. What's going on? It's, oh, you're such a downer. I can't deal, you know? And I intentionally use this voice because that's who tends to say it, right? Or they're the people that are like, I gotta keep positives. I can't let people bring me down. No haters, no, like like those types. Those people are doing a high wire act they themselves are not doing well and they lack resiliency. So they decide to judge other people instead of admitting that they are suffering from something called emotional contagion and emotional contagion. I had, I had one client last week say, I'm very aware that my moods affect the moods of other people. As if it was something unique or unusually strong in this absolutely wonderful guy, uh, instead of something that humans, as social creatures, th- this is a thing. There is a difference between hurting because someone else is hurting, feeling sad as as a you know, in a form of emotional or reflective empathy, and someone bringing them down, right? If so, there are different types of empathy, I've talked about them before. I'll go over them real fast. Again, there's cognitive empathy, which is otherwise known as perspective taking, putting yourself in the other person's shoes. How would you feel? And if you're just using compassionate empathy, uh, and not doing the, um, in with the other person, like dealing with their feelings, jumping right to, okay, this is what you should do because in your position, I would not want that. You can come across as cold. And that was something I had to correct for in the past because I was so constantly in just push through no matter how awful you feel mode. Uh, I was confusing what I felt I had to do instead of what I would have liked in that position And because I was so afraid of other people knowing how poorly I was doing, it was just, let's just move on, which was being considerate, but it it didn't come across that way. It came across as kind of cold and callous. So it's like, all right, don't skip steps. But a lot of people skip over that feeling what another person is feeling step, because they are so close to overwhelm they can't manage it and that is not the fault of the person feeling bad it's not necessarily anyone's fault the issue lies in if the person in a near constant state of overwhelm recognizes that or whether they're um you know whether they're in denial about how poorly they're doing because you combine the two into something called compassionate empathy which is you're feeling what they're feeling you're putting yourself in their position and knowing that you know they are not doing it deliberately they they may be making some choices that aren't helping them but that's not the same as doing it deliberately and you know they look like they need help, support, or at least someone to listen, which I guess is a form of support, but, you know. And not everybody is in the place to listen because some people are struggling themselves. It's really much better to be honest that you can't, you're going through a bad time right now. You can't handle this. It has nothing to do with the other person. You just can't then deflect and project onto the other person but so many people just react because it's the ah get it away and that leaves a depressed person feeling more depressed because every depressed person chronically depressed person i know blames themselves for too much and that's something very very important to recognize that that is one of those things that yes it is within their control they can't see that yet a person can't know what they don't know and so the rejection from being summarized all of them like holistically summarized by their depression that's it's rejection that is shoving someone down and we all have that person that yeah we do feel worse when we're around them but it's really important to consider why because if a person is just you know depressed okay well maybe there's a different activity you can do with them or maybe gee don't drag them out when they're not feeling up to it. Some people, that's very beneficial. Once they're out, they're better. But someone with social anxiety, avoidant personality disorder, um, other autism, uh, they need to know that if they get overwhelmed, it's okay to leave, either to just get a break or they need to go. There has to be some understanding there or they're not gonna commit to come in the first place. And calling them a downer doesn't change that hyperactive nervous system. So the, the other thing though is that, remember I said people who call people downers are downers? Well, let's unpack that for a bit because someone just being depressed There, there are people who are depressed that can still be really good friends. Everybody's got limits. I know there are some things I am great at, and there are other things that no, I suck at, you know, I, I am really glad to listen. I am, I am terrible with dates and times. And so, you know. Me forgetting a birthday or an anniversary or something like Easter or Christmas, you know, that is not because I don't care or I am lazy or being, I it is a problem with my brain and I can write it down and I can put it on a calendar and I can check and it. It's like, oh yeah, and I will do this and it will be gone. That was one of the things trauma took from me is is dates and relational dates when something happened compared to something else and boy does that suck there's a reason i calendar obsessively because when it comes down to well you know how long have i been working with this person okay well i have to go back to the files and see the start date because anything more than you know a few weeks blurs together so I know I'm not great with that. And I try to be, but it's not something I'm ever going to be excellent at. It's a bit of a joke with with people who know me really well. Um a, a very, very good long term friend of mine. I always wish her a happy birthday. Like every day, three days before her birthday, because I always miss her birthday. Something happens and the day will just go. Whoosh, And I'll literally go to sleep the night before and say I gotta wish her a happy birthday. And then day goes because I'm not on Facebook. I don't get the fucking reminders. You know, I I have a Facebook account, but I don't go on Facebook. That way lies brainworms. So you know, and I I put it in my calendar as a recurring event, and and Outlook drops it for some weird reason. Anyway, this is a digression just to go. Just because people are not great at one thing doesn't mean they don't care. And sometimes it's better to not expect them to be good there. If someone has a medical condition or even really severe depression, yeah, they might be late for things. I know there are days I wake up and it's just, oh my fucking God, everything hurts. Or I try to sit up and I'm dizzy. And as much as I want to be dead on time, it's just not happening that day. And I used to get so stressed out about it, which of course only made it worse. And so I'm understanding that within reason, if someone forgets things, um, you know, especially clients with like ADHD or, Discalcula or um other memory issues you know sending them some of them. can you please send me an email i will not remember this and a judgmental person could be well you could write it down but i know sometimes between thinking i gotta write it down and writing it down i will fucking forget depending on the day brain fog is real huzzah um uh, so I'm like, okay, I'll be right there and I will send them the email and it'll be there and they can search it and they won't lose it the way they'll lose a piece of paper, simple done. These are the way you negotiate with humans. There's only so much a person can do that way. Everybody's got boundaries, everybody's got bandwidth, everybody's got limits. And everybody's got what they're willing to do as well. Um, One client says, um, and I'm going to get this wrong, but basically, what he'll do for a person is, you know, directly proportionate to how much they matter to him. You know, he will be more accommodating for somebody that's a very close friend than he will for some random person. And the more someone demands things of him, the less he's likely to do it. And I actually think that's pretty sane. And the fact that there's this perception that that's not normal or that's not logical is, well, a sign of the times. And that's part of the issue, right? This whole idea of what is expected. What is the norm? Who accommodates who is so out of whack if we actually step back and observe social hierarchies we see in groups some people taking and taking and taking and other people giving and giving and giving and then the moment they can't give anymore the taker drops them right that's pro that's very possibly what's happening i don't want to say probably because there are exceptions very probably what's happening when someone says you're a downer now again if criticisms exception, judgments exception. And I wanna be clear with these because, hey, maybe take the whole you're a downer thing out of our vocabularies. People don't understand when I make these suggestions, I'm not trying to be a language police i'm suggesting that there are more precise ways of speaking that will actually communicate something more productive so saying you know i it the way you judge me brings me down can you please find another way of expressing your concerns and if somebody defaults to, I'm not judging you, well, that's a reaction, right? As opposed to, if, if they have no idea what you mean, uh, they'd say something like, how am I judging you? Because a lot of people I've learned, they don't mean anything by the way they speak. They're just mimicking the way their their families of origin or their friends groups talk. Most people do not really think about the messages they're sending with their communication methods and so they are sincerely baffled by how something can read as a judgment when it's not consciously intended as one even if it you know objectively is you're a downer as a judgment you know it is there's no way around that but people get this cognitive distortion of oh judging people's bad Therefore, I'm not doing that when I say something that's obviously a judgment. Or judging people is usually bad, but I need to do it for my mental health. No, you don't. No, you don't, that's bullshit. And if you're in an environment where people say that, that's some poison right there. There are ways of saying the exact same thing without the judgmental language, and people never improve if, you know, the group doesn't keep things accountable, if you're not willing to go, all right, no, that's not, this is my issue with that phrasing. Like for me, a big thing is a non apology, apology, because that is so, that is so known as a problem but it's amazing how many people think that that being a problem doesn't apply to them because oh well they care they care about your feelings so that's why they're focusing on them but i'm sorry you felt bad i'm sorry i made you feel bad that that is not actually an apology that indicates a person knows what they did and knows how to not do it again you know because i'm sorry i made you feel bad Well, it's a problem in multiple ways. One is they're being, they're taking responsibility for the person doing the non-apology apology apology there is taking responsibility for someone's emotional state. And if you haven't asked them to do that, they're going to grow resentful over time and you're not going to know they did that. So yes, they're trying but what happens in something like that, and this is this is where I think some of the you're such a downer comes from, is the person doesn't understand how what they did was a trauma trigger for you or you know, made you feel worse about things. And no one makes you feel that's a quirk of language, caused you to feel worse because it made you think about something, right? instead of understanding what actually caused the problem, it's just, well, I'm sorry I made you feel bad. And then if they make you feel bad again, they feel worse and they feel worse and they feel worse. And instead of doing that cognitive empathy and going, this person has major depressive disorder. Yes, they feel bad. I am not the cause of that depression, it predated me. And people think that's a heartless position. Here's why it's not. Here's why if you're, if you have a friend or loved one who has treatment resistant depression, you should not be walking on eggshells around them because of their depression, because you can't take that. That is just gonna trigger the failure centers in your brain again and again and again and again. Their depression is a reality. There is a certain reasonable accommodation to be made for that depression. You did not cause it. And it's very important that you recognize that you don't cause another person's depression one, because if they insist that, that you do well, that's an abuse marker possibly, or it's someone lashing out. Cause they feel terrible either way. It's not true set a boundary but also that's what makes people feel like the person with depression is a downer and that's why I don't do it because obviously I work with depressed people every day and they're wonderful people they have so much to give and my job is to teach them how to get strong not take on their burden. And you do that by going, yeah, I can feel bad that someone's feeling bad and still know I didn't cause it. And if you did something, if somebody does something that is insensitive and they go, yeah, okay, I spoke thoughtlessly there. I can see how that hit the wrong way. Apologize for that. But it's very also important to not apologize if you're not sorry. Because again, that just drains your emotional fuel tank and then you're overextended. And then when people are overextended, they start panicking and they start blaming other people like you're a downer instead of, you know what, I need to set better boundaries. There are some situations where someone is forced to do things. A lot of the time we're not a lot of the times we choose to overextend ourselves because we're afraid of rejection in some way. We're afraid that if we're not constantly proving ourselves, people are gonna leave us. It's a major thing with people with trauma because people have. The important thing to remember about someone with a trauma condition is the whole, well, what's the worst that could happen paradigm is set very high the worst they can imagine is something that's already happened and that's important to keep in mind so some of the things i say when i am feeling drained by someone it's usually focusing on their behavior a big one is not respecting time and please clients it's it's not you. So many people have been so good about being aware and being very grateful when I take extra time with them. But they're grateful. That's the point, you know? If they're appreciative, I will remember that and I'm more likely to do it if somebody is just constantly running over time and not respecting that. Well, okay, that's why I ask if people have ADHD right off the bat or anything like that it affects their time they'll keep in mind okay i have to wrap them sooner but some people just they've had a lot of therapy and they're they're so desperate that they just when they've got something and someone in front of them they just go and go and go and go because they don't know when they're gonna get it again and i do find that that declines as they know it's a weekly routine it'll be back next week it'll be okay This person is not going to disappear from your life forever now. But there are some people who just hold court and don't understand limits, don't understand boundaries. And those people are exhausting, but setting boundaries is more is more effective than judging them. So instead of you're a downer, it's like, look, being 20 minutes late every time I talk to you or you know, not being able to have a 15 minute call with you, it's always two hours means I call you less. If we can keep them shorter, I can talk to you more frequently. Something like that is far easier for someone to accept and more effective because it actually solves the problem than calling them a downer. Similarly, if someone always cancels last minute or frequently cancels last minute because they have depression, Working out a better system for that is better than going. You're unreliable, you know. One, don't assume they're going to be there unless they show up. I have some people who are like that and fine. No no hard feelings, I just understand how it is. So I'm happy when they show up instead of pissed off when they don't. And we don't plan activities where precise reservations are required. Make sense? Uh, another is, I don't like it when people make excuses. I would much rather someone say, look, I'm not feeling up to it. I'm really depressed. Um, I just have to pass. I'll probably follow up with the person the next day but I understand that more than lying to me. Cause I know someone's lying to me, but I don't know why. Little things like that can make a relationship stronger, actually make the depressed person feel cared about and not judge them. And it's a win-win. Whereas calling someone a downer is a lose-lose because not only did you make them feel, did, did they feel awful because of what you said, see I caught myself, but you were the downer there irony, irony. Okay. Help support this channel. Become a monthly patron, patreon.com slash K one-time Leanna care session for someone who's, but can't afford a coffee.com slash Leanna K or the GoFundMe for the men's groups so that people can talk about things like this and not be called downers. GoFundMe link in the description box. Thanks for watching Manly Mondays.